0: Hello, and welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin Heyman. With me this week are Mike the Skeptic over there, tippity-tippity typing.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm just typing to look up the competition that we need to merc at Dragon Con.
0: Oh, we're going to merc people, is that it? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> How fun.
1: In, in, in other words, we're going to, like, you know, give them a mercury
2: cougar? I don't we're know. We're
0: going to give them the
1: side oh, I, I
2: thought you... I thought you were going to distribute Merkins amongst the... There you go, floor. yes. We yep. should Merkin them.
0: Because I really want to find the Mountain Monster guys and shove a Merkin down their overalls. I can't think Here, of a better thing a to Here's a
2: pubic toupee for you. Oh, God.
1: Pupae, if you will. Mike, I should
0: take my overalls <laughs> and meet them and just be like, man, I'm such a big fan of y'all, you just don't know.
1: Man, you don't talk about that Bigfoot, man, I don't know that Bigfoot. He ran my hip house, he took my chicken, Goddamn man, motherfucker, you know. Hey, Boone Howard, geez. That was amazing.
3: <laughs>
0: I don't know what to say about that. That was pretty fucking cool. And we've got Mr. David Davis. David, how are you today?
2: Doing well. I've read a lot about ghosts, and I'm ready to, like, talk about them.
0: Would you say you're the most with the ghosts?
2: This is the most I've been filled with ghost content in a while.
0: Okay. Yes. You know, you and me should get together and do an episode about space ghosts.
1: <laughs> would would, would <laughs> you take that show coast to coast?
0: Yes. In fact, it would be <laughs> space ghosts, coast to coast. This is a terrible joke. Anyway, welcome to Supernatural Selection. And uh, before we get started with this week, let's do a little housekeeping. First off, we've got a call for reviews, guys. We are still looking for some more reviews. I don't care how good or bad they are. One star, five stars, does not matter. Two million stars. Let us know what you think and we will read your review on here. So keep that in mind. It doesn't matter what it is. We will read it. We might even heckle you.
1: So can, 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 can I bring up a housekeeping thing? Sure. I, I clean the toilet this week.
0: I'm very proud of you, Mike. <laughs> David, have you got anything you want to bring up?
2: Well, um uh, do you just want me to go down the list here? Are we trading yeah, off? Yeah, we'll trade off. You do the next. <laughs> okay, one. Yeah, that, that that works. So um yeah, we are still offering advertisement for independent creators. This is the two dollars per episode ad slots. We're currently in talks with a few people, but it is very much kind of a first-come, 1st serve situation. So um, if you want us to advertise your Kickstarter or any project that you have and you're an independent creator, we'd be happy to work with you on that. Just hit up the contact page at the Supernatural Selection website and we will get in touch with you.
0: Indeed. We will be Mm -hmm. happy to work with you on that we will write the ad copy if we have to unless you have it already uh Mm -hmm. if you've got a pre-made ad for podcasts you know that's another thing you can do so yeah
2: i actually prefer that because i don't have to do anything then
0: (laughs) yeah we are lazy at 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 base
1: wouldn't it be though first served first come
0: This is getting ahead of ourselves with the cum jokes, so we'll come back to those. It's because
2: I brought up that skit from I Think You Should Leave. It kind of
0: is, yes. Uh, So also, we have got YouTube videos going up, like, every weekday for the last several weeks. There should be some next week as well, and uh, man, is it fun. It's an evolving process. Mm -hmm. They're looking uh, better and better. I'm coming up with more and more tricks as I do it.
2: Yeah, they're looking real good, and I also, if you already listened to the show, just do us a favor, go uh, to the YouTube video versions, and just, you know, like, subscribe, drop a comment or something, anything to kind of get us out there, because YouTube's been pretty good for the Discovery for us.
0: have we've had a surprising number of uh, viewers on there, so don't forget to smash that like button
2: right um, right hit I, that bell
0: i feel my soul withering inside from saying that but well,
2: and and here's the thing i am going to go ahead and put this out there like if we see people engaging with us like and wanting to see more video content i would love oh, to start moving into like we all pop on webcam or, and we like actually mm-hmm. take the video turn that into the podcast yeah. and have the videos up on youtube i would be down for that
0: yeah no that would be fine i mean i'd have to put pants on but yes absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, I mean
2: I can always wear my luchador mask.
0: Ooh. I actually
2: have a surprising number of masks in here. I don't know if that's an alarming.
0: I don't thing. know, but I've still got my uh Discordian Pope hat and it actually fits over my headphones.
2: I have a knit Cthulhu mask, which is a lot of
0: fun. Oh that's cool. Mike, what have you got? Yeah. Have you got like something kinky? Um like to wear as as well, a, other than the or a gimp mask.
1: Of the plethora of gimp masks, you know, with and without, you know integrated ball gags you know this is turning into a mr show sketch all um, of a sudden i mean i mean you know me and my giant head i mean
0: okay, got s- i've got a
1: spider-man mask for a... that's true we both have spider-man masks But i was gonna say if, if if david has a thing for a luchador mask we should send him a certain clip
0: oh yes El Mullet Grande. Yes, El Mullet
1: Grande. El oh, Mulet that, that Grande. sounds like that's going to be fun. We, sh- to we shot a when, thing when so. we were younger. We tried our hands at a uh, some filmmaking, and it's could be more aptly called crap. Crap. Ma- I don't know, I mean, I'm still <laughs> vaguely proud of it. I mean, yes, they're yeah. crap, but you know, when you're broke and you don't know any better, and you either. Your make porn is uh basically Napoleon. Either make porn or you make shitty. You know, not even Clerks-level movies. Yeah. but
0: nonetheless, yeah. yeah. So, also, um, yeah. No, you, I, you I thought we were trading off here. Yes, yeah, sorry. My yeah, bad. yeah, okay. I forgot no, my no, own it's cool. roles.
2: Um, Just a reminder, we have some new merch up at the store. We do. Um, we have our Creeper Alien sticker and shirt, which is a lot of fun. And then yes. we also have the Chupacabra design, which is a lot of fun. Um, I intend to do more, mm-hmm. so if you have any merch suggestions, and I'm I'm speaking to the listener now, specifically you, listening right now in the car. Yes, Steve. Pull over, pull over, bust out your phone, jump on the Discord, and then tell me what kind of shirt you would want to see.
0: Yes, Steve. Do it, you bitch.
2: Yeah. Susan, anyway, yeah.
0: you do it too.
2: Yeah, and, you know, our our, our shirts are going to be very, very niche, and I don't give a fuck. I'm just yeah. happy to have them.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've also got uh, a shirt up with our new slogan, mm-hmm. our Latin phrase, which is uh, Cagito Ergo leo mm-hmm. And uh, we also, I'm working on adapting those sketchy, crappy little drawings. I did of Mothman thinking about butts. Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah so we got stuff on the way
0: shirts are coming
2: you can't accuse us of not selling out
0: yeah no we're definitely trying to just you're not buying yet so head on over <laughs> and get some neat shirts. can't sell out if you're not buying out so mm. uh lastly this is this is for me really uh I just discovered yesterday or the day before, that uh, Arkham House Publishing went out of business last year with no fanfare. And if you're a fan of weird fiction and H.P. Lovecraft and the like, Arkham House was the company founded in 1939, I believe, by August Deerleth to keep H.P. Lovecraft's works in print, and it's the reason we still have H.P. Lovecraft today, and the concept of weird fiction has flourished.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, now,
2: now, are they gone completely, or were they bought out?
0: No, their website shut down. August daughter passed away. Before that, the website went down. They've stopped publishing. Ah. Uh, yeah, just, it's one of those, it died of apathy, and I hate that. Yeah. I mean, like, because I... People don't talk about Arkham House anymore, but they were a big deal for a very long time in the world of like bizarre fiction. Uh, they yeah. published Robert E. Howard, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Clark Ashton Smith, L- like all, all the big
2: pulp icons. Oh were yeah, eventually published under Arkham House. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I when I when I did my uh, master's project, I, I had to do a lot of research on Arkham House and mm-hmm. just like yeah, like as a preservation. Entity, because it, it, what you have to think about the fact that a lot of the stuff when it was published, it was in was in tales. the most disposable, the most disposable form of literature out there. Like if it wasn't if it wasn't being read by some nerd on a street corner, uh-huh. it was used as toilet paper.
0: Yeah, pretty much is like the uh, the 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 Farmer's Almanac.
2: Yeah, yeah. So like the it's a hugely important historical thing, and I'm, I'm hoping that like somehow out of this like. Whatever entity is left that controls the rights to Arkham House gets picked up by someone who's um, an enthusiast and who understands that this is an important touchstone for, for literary history.
0: Yeah, I agree. This, it, it, I really want it to survive because it's just so damned important. So yeah. anyway, that being said, David, you're in the driver's seat this week and boy, have you got something for us.
2: Yep, I'm driving. I'm crashing, and there're gonna be no survivors here.
0: Are we gonna be ghosts? So,
2: yep, we're going uh, By the end of this, we will be dead.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Because I can't tell you. Every day I wake up and pray for the sweet release of death. But but but
1: I have Seriously, so me much. Too. I have so much to live for. Do like you? I I just bought Armored Core Six, and I need to Ooh, play it. Okay, Ooh. that's fair.
2: Yeah, I haven't even really played the Text Chainsaw Master Game yet.
0: Uh, anyway. I'm waiting for Baldur's anyway. Gate three, but
1: this is another podcast. Well yeah, I'm just saying we mm-hmm. see you do have something to live for. I get embrace it.
2: Sorry. Oh, and friendship. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> I like how enough, if enough you guys are completely silent. <laughs> enough of that
1: touchy feely bullshit.
2: <laughs> yep. Let's all talk right, about right, dead so. motherfuckers. All right, so gentlemen, um, I think this is our first like legitimate full ghost slash haunting episode. We we did have one where we discussed like experiences that and, we've had,
0: and I did interview Clark about his time as a ghost hunter. So
2: right, but this yeah. is our first real deep dive into like a, a famous haunting uh, with some like discernible spirits and yes. everything like that.
0: Let's in fact let's um, call this the first of our ghost series.
2: Yeah, we're I, I've i done some research specifically... Um, well, let, let me go ahead and dive into this a little bit. Let's start off yeah. with some sources here. Sure, what you got? Okay, so the first source that I used, and this is kind of me kind of looking for material to, to research and do an episode on, came from the book True Ghost Stories, Real Haunted Hospitals and Mental Asylums by Zachary Knowles. Now, if you listen to the supernatural sources that we published, what, last week? Yes. Um... Was it this week or last week? Last week. Oh, yeah. We don't want to get into a whole, like, what date is it thing like we do in the past two episodes of shows that we've done.
3: Yeah,
2: (laughs) we're bad. Yeah, so um, we did a Supernatural Sources, you and I talking about um, material, kind of like how the Supernatural Sausage is made. Um, And then, yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of this book, but it gave me a lot of little things to look into and mm-hmm. that's why we're going to be talking about a source today Right. Uh, or uh, a location. And that location is the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Cool. And uh, this, is, this is a big one. This is a major location. And as far as some other sources that I have here, uh, I do refer to the Waverly Hills Historical Society. Um, all of these sources are listed in the document. Um So for anyone who claims that there's no research done, I have every single thing (laughs) linked here, including other material that isn't included in sources, but it's an offhand reference to something that I found. Right. Um, Because, you know, we don't
0: do research.
2: Yeah, yeah. We don't do research at all. Um, So, yeah, we have the Waverly Hills Historical Society. Tons of photos. Very fascinating. Very Um, cool. Kentucky Historic Institution's entry on the Waverly Hills Sanatorium as well. Okay. Um... I also have a investigation summary report from the Louisiana Spirits Paranormal Investigations crew. Okay. Um there's a website called American Hauntings that did a entry on the Waverly Hills Sanatorium.
0: I think I'm familiar with that website.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, I did use Wikipedia for some summary purposes as far as stitching together a timeline of events from multiple sources as well. Again, I'm not really citing from Wikipedia, but like I tell my students, you can use the sources Wikipedia has to find better information. And that's what I did here. Um, Also pretty fun. Found an old tripod site about the <laughs> Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Plenty of good information and a lot of photographs from the period.
0: Speaking of which, our sponsor this week is GeoCities. If you're looking to build a website, try GeoCities. Nah, nah, dog. Angel
2: Fire's where it's at.
0: I've still got an Angel <laughs> Fire site, motherfucker.
2: See, I I loved GeoCities because it had like that drag and drop shit. Mm. Or you can actually like drag and drop things onto there.
0: I knew several people with GeoCities websites that uh, are still bitter to this day.
2: (laughs) Um, And then, of course, I I do have multiple smaller sources that I've linked within the document. uh, That includes some fucking newspaper clippings. So, you know, I'm really getting into the weeds here a little bit. Sure. Um, You can always find a link to the episode script in the notes for the podcast. So if you're listening now, you want to follow along or open stuff, as I mentioned it, you're welcome to do that. Yep. So we, we mentioned that this is like our first like ghost series. And I, I want to start off by saying this is also kind of a first in a sub series, you know, because I want to complicate things for us. Of course. Um,
1: never can so, be easy with you, can
2: it? Nope, never. <laughs> um, just just ask my wife anyway. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so... The Waverly Hills Sanatorium. If if you're familiar with what a sanatorium is, it is essentially a hospital. Um, yep. The haunted hospital phenomenon is a widespread concept. Of all the types of places on earth that could be haunted, hospitals are among the most frequently cited, um, and it's not surprising as to why either. Yeah. Now, now, when you think about hauntings, there. I, I would I would argue that you probably associate them with like transitional spaces.
0: Well, that in prisons. Or, well, or that's would also you, kind. Of, is that transitional?
2: Um, I mean, it, it's a one-way kind of thing. But <laughs> okay. then again, hospitals can be a one-way transition as well. Uh, yes. Yeah, because either way, if you go to prison, your life changes. This is if true. Going into a hospital, your life can change. So I, I would say that, yes, I think prisons um, also kind of serve as a transitional space. Usually it's a one-way, but there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I think few places mark the transition better than a hospital. Um, you know, And depending on the reason why you enter a hospital, you may not necessarily come out of it alive, right? Um, yeah. However, more so than the typical hospital, places such as sanatoriums and asylums offer um, even more tragic versions of transitions, whether it's like entering from a terminal disease in the case of a sanatorium or being held against your possible will because you have been deemed, quote, insane in the case of asylums. It's not uncommon historically for people to meet sad, tragic ends in these places.
0: And, you know, actually, my family has a very long history with asylums or, you know, hospitals for the insane and uh now i do this so you figure it out
2: <laughs> you know i and i, I got to say like there's some there's some history of that in my own family as well which is interesting I, I'm, um i'm seeing connections i, I think it's more common <laughs> than not anyway well,
1: yes. i I, th- I think they also had like a really bad time in the time before we really knew a whole lot of you know, good treatments. Mm-hmm. They were just like throwing shit. Because I will say the other swing of the pendulum, which we're living in now, which is zero. Yeah, it's not know, good. You know, mental mm-hmm. health facilities is yeah. a different type of hell.
2: Yeah, no, very, very much so. And we'll, we'll talk a lot about that sort of thing as we go through. Thanks, it. Reagan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think we uh, make that thanks Reagan joke somewhere else in the script. Here, so.
1: Probably. <laughs> I'm pressing. Yeah, so we just
2: kind of shot our water like yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks, Mike. So,
1: I'm sorry. No, I'm good cool. at making connections.
2: There you go. And uh, my, Mike, uh, a little premature there, but yeah. you know, we'll we'll take it. Yeah. Take that load. Anyway, you. Um, <laughs> uh, in our case, we are looking at a sanatorium, specifically one tied to a devastating disease that has been with humans since ancient times and still exists today. Today, we're going to discuss what is considered to be one of the most haunted places in the United States and some say the world. Ooh. We're talking about the Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Louisville, Kentucky, and a darling of the paranormal community.
0: Now, can I just say it's Louisville?
1: I was going to say, you're going to get a lot of crap from, you know, yeah. the Kentuckians. Yeah, Marcus. So,
2: <laughs> I, I, okay, so it is going to be Louisville. I, I, oh, it's I Louisville. To, like, Louisville Slugger.
1: And, and I will also say that I've been to... What's, I guess if this is the first, would probably be considered the second most haunted place in the United States. Yeah, Mike's got one up on us. Not one up, mm-hmm. but, you know, but the, uh, I think I've talked about it before on here. The, the uh, mm-hmm. oh God. Like Allegheny. They, yeah, the Allegheny, Ganey, uh, was it a federal or a state penitentiary? It is
0: a, it is a penitentiary,
1: though. Uh, I can't remember. If, I think it was state penitentiary. That that place mm-hmm. was pretty creepy.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's one of those things that's on the list of things that I'm going to approach again. Because, you know, one of the things here and that we're going to see as we go through this discussion, a lot of the claims of hauntings tend to be very generic boilerplate. Like there were creaking doors. Uh, There were the sounds of footsteps. Um, Not a whole lot that I feel like I could stretch a good episode around. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sure. So a lot of my approach to this is like historiography where yeah. I want to look at like the circumstances that can lead to this kind of like psychic energy or something like that. Right. So um, buckle up fuckers. It's a history episode. Woo. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the origins of this place here. Let's do it. <clears throat> the first land use of what would become Waverly Hill would be a one room schoolhouse. The land was purchased by one Major Thomas H. Hayes in 1883 for a family home.
0: You know, it's good that it started out as an institute of suffering, a school.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, have you ever been to like a a legitimate one-room schoolhouse?
0: Yes, yes I have.
2: Yeah, I um, I actually went to one that uh, my stepfather, I believe... He he was a student in there for a little bit. Okay, these were. Because it's like, like a very rural yeah, place.
0: Yeah, there's one uh, somewhere down the Natchez Trace I went to once, and it's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, it's kind of oppressive.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, um, it's not unlike going into a, a church.
0: Yes, it's very similar to going into the old school churches.
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, given the relative isolation of the land from other schools, Major Hayes would open up a local school for his daughters, staffed by one Miss Lizzie Lee Harris, who would become the school, uh, who would name the schoolhouse Waverly School, based on a fondness for Sir Walter Scott's Waverly novels.
0: So, would this be like me opening a school and calling it the Twilight Academy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Good.
2: Yeah. Um, so. <clears throat> As for Major Thomas H. Hayes, you won't be shocked to learn that he was a Civil War veteran. I am he, he establishes not. this place in uh, 1883, right? Yeah. So, as a native son of Kentucky, he fought for the Confederacy <laughs> and served under General Robert E. Lee at the time of his surrender toward the end of the war at Appomattox. Okay. And did I, did I get the pronunciation of that one right?
0: Appomattox, you did, actually. Sounds good, good to me. Good,
2: good, good. hmm so, clearly he was someone who was probably carrying a lot of trauma into his old age.
0: Yeah, you know, trauma from having to do his own fucking work for once, am I right?
2: <laughs> also, another fun fact, the H in Thomas H. Hayes, it stands for Hercules.
0: Can we bring that back? <laughs> like, giving people, like, fucked up middle names like Hercules
1: and Tiberius? Oh, that's
2: how you get a Starfleet captain.
1: Yeah. Yeah just, it just, Kevin, it just takes, you know, nerdy people having kids.
0: Oh yeah, no, I can see it now. My son one day will be Jerome Mesistopheles Heyman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I kind of like it. Um, <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, and e- e- what we're going to hear here is that like, when they talk about history ha- uh, happening really quickly, Like, you ever notice that where you'll read up on someone and it's like they're a historical person. And then within the span of 50 years, there are a bunch of other huge fucking historical events that happen around them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we got that situation here. So Hayes would later serve two terms as a Kentucky state senator and be heavily involved with the building of railroads in the state. Hmm. Now, I can only dig up so much information, but he may have been involved with the Pullman strikes, one of the most historically significant strikes in U.S. history.
0: Hmm. Is this, like, a railroad strike thing?
2: Yes, this is a railroad strike thing. The government got involved um, on behalf of the company. Um, Like, one of the first major, like, protest actions were the workers, you know. Um, And, like, I think Robert Evans did, like, a four-part series on it. Um, Probably. Again, like, I think we mentioned Robert Evans' show every fucking podcast.
0: Yeah, we're, yeah. we're, we're all, and Mike is tangentially a fan it's it, yeah we're, we're kind of stands me and david are
2: yeah yeah but you know the pullman strikes uh and i have a uh i think like a wikipedia yep. article linked in there yep. um like again like if you're into like the history of workers rights and that sort of thing very important pivotal moment um mm-hmm. so yeah if you want to talk about how much history can happen in a lifetime there you go <laughs>
0: i wouldn't know anything about that with the shit that's going on now
2: <laughs> right, right. I think someone posted uh, in our current events chat, like, I'm tired of living in it, it, uh, it, uh, historically important times or yes. something like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah the, well, uh, the,
1: the Chinese curse has come to bite us on the ass. Yes. We, we are, are living, living in, interesting times. in interesting
2: times. Right. So, with that said, in the early 1900s, Hayes would be approached by the Board of Tuberculosis Hospitals about his land which we'll get into in the next section. By 1908, the ground would be broken for Waverly Hill Sanatorium, and by 1909, Thomas H. Hayes would be dead due to complications of pneumonia, but I would put my money on it being tuberculosis.
0: You know, I kind of want to start calling tuberculosis Poe's disease, and I hope some (laughs) folks out there get that joke. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> um, and I have a link for like, um, you know, m- why I think it might be tuberculosis because yeah. like pneumonia and tuberculosis mm-hmm. kind of do the same thing to the respiratory system. Sure, uh,
0: I will so, say that uh, right now, if you're a fan of the Vlog brothers, John Green has been talking about tubercul- tuberculosis for well over a year.
2: It's huge. Like it is. I'm gonna barely scratch the surface about how fucking. Historically significant, this thing, is.
0: and it's apparently still a big fucking thing now. Unfortunately,
2: yeah, so. yeah, we'll be getting into that. So let's let's talk about tuberculosis for a little bit.
0: Okay, this should or be fun, as,
2: right? Yeah. Um, or as it was referred to back in the late 19th and early 20th, 20th centuries, uh, it was also known as the White Death, not the Red Death. <laughs> no, but I do love that story. Okay, um, just checking. Now, you you may have also heard of consumption or, and I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, thesis. I think that's how you pronounce is, it.
0: It's either thesis or this but yeah, like let's go I, I feel with like consumption, the P would be sir. silent.
2: I feel like the P would be silent, like pterodactyl.
0: Okay. Or like when you pee on the side of the ball, instead of straight into the water, the P is silent. <laughs> ha <Ha-ha>. ha. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yes. but so, I prefer consumption, sir.
2: <laughs> yeah. So like consumption's the one I think a lot of people have heard about. Yes. Um, Especially so, if
0: you're a fan of, uh, say, it's always
2: sunny in
1: Philadelphia.
2: <laughs> and then later, I do believe I've been poisoned by my constituents. <laughs> so
1: here, here's, here's me showing my ass, but I've never exactly known what consumption was. Like, yeah, it just sounds to me like they ate too much.
0: Oh, we're going to talk about it. David's okay. going to get yeah. into this horrible, horrible okay, disease good. that is still a going concern yeah. in, in the world
2: long story short, it's a bacterial infection that creates sores in your lungs mm. and you kind of die from like your lungs becoming Swiss cheese.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I was just, yeah. I was just thinking it was maybe just one of those. It was before we had, you know, germ theory and all that. It was just kind of an
2: umbrella term that caught well, a lot of,
0: it was, I think it was one of those yeah. things where they thought you had a vampire.
2: <laughs> you know, honestly, honestly. Yeah. Which I would is, say that like in the, um, I'd say in, like, the early 18th century, mm-hmm. uh, early to mid-18th century, a lot of, like, the rumors of, like, the dead, or like, mm-hmm. like vampires and stuff like that might so have also been associated with Conception.
1: So, yeah. You, you end up looking like Christian Bale in The Machinist?
2: Kinda. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're lucky. If you're lucky, yes.
1: I'm saying you just kind of wither away to, like, a, yeah. a living skeleton and then croak.
2: Yeah, it, it's also breathe. one of those like diseases that you find in every Victorian novel. Like, mm, you yes. know, well, they I mean, have to go to the country to recover in the the sanitarium.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I heard of consumption, and I've never bothered to Google what exactly consumption. So yeah. please, eventually, school me if that's in the oh, oh oh yes.
2: So so tuberculosis was a devastating, widespread disease in this period of time. It was a bacterial infection when the bacteria. My, uh, mycobacterium tuberculosis was not widely understood and treating bacterial diseases was even less common. Now now here's the thing we've known about bacteria since the 1600s uh, through the discoveries of Robert Hooke and Anthony Van Leeuwenhoek and then hundreds good, of years later try. we have the work of um, Louis Pasteur and then later Robert Koch's discovery of the tuberculosis bacillus but there is a difference in knowing about something and understanding it as well. And we were able to at least begin treating it as a contagious disease, but again, like, we see a very interesting history of medical science going on right. here as well.
0: And it's kind of like the difference between knowing there's a serial killer and being able to stop a serial killer.
2: You know, and it, you're, you're exactly right with that, I think. Um, like, we knew what this thing was, but we didn't know enough about like what to do about it. Yeah. It's like, Hey guys,
0: I figured out it's a bacteria. Okay, great.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now
0: we know what's killing us.
2: So, so this is from Zachary Knowles's book, quote, the bacterial infection causes painful growths in the lungs that make it increasingly difficult to breathe, resulting in a slow and difficult death called the white plague the highly contagious disease can overcome entire families, and in some cases, entire towns. Now, the disease is most commonly spread through fluids and vapors expelled through coughing and sneezing. Um, this disease has been with us since the dawn of civilization, with archaeological records suggesting as far back as 9,000 years ago in the Neolithic period.
0: This is probably from the pigeons, just like the cosmic (laughs) death fungus.
2: You know, it probably is just cosmic death fungus. Um... Now, the disease also spread most commonly through enclosed spaces. Um, This disease, for example, would devastate cities in particular, especially among poorer communities. You know, having a dozen people crammed into a few rooms in a filthy city would provide plenty of opportunity for a cough to infect a whole family. Yikes. Now, for example, in 1900, 194 out of every 100,000 U.S. residents would have died from tuberculosis. And most from poorer urban areas. By 1950, that rate dropped from about uh, to about 46 per 100,000. Now that doesn't sound like a lot. No, it's kind of a but lot. It, but but yeah yeah, like it's like the Stalin statistics thing. You know what I you know what I mean? Like you know, um, one
0: death is a tragedy. A million only. Yeah. no that
2: yeah yeah yeah. So even then, these numbers that i mentioned here was at the tail end of this sort of thing. According to a source from Harvard University, quote, by the late 19th century, 70 to 90% of the urban populations of Europe and North America were infected with the tuberculosis bacillus, and about 80% of those individuals who developed active tuberculosis died of it.
0: Jesus Christ. Okay, I do have a question. Was there like an anti-back movement sometime around <laughs> here Because that I would love to hear about?
2: I think it was when you decide not to throw the, the corpses of people into, like, the drinking water. You can't tell me what to do. I'm going to keep my kid here in <laughs> this room while he's dead. I'm making human tea. Ew. So. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> um,
0: ew. So, so,
2: so again, like, this is a hugely devastating thing. Mike, Even, it's okay. Oh, okay yes.
0: sorry. Mike had something. No, it's
2: all right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, oh, okay. Dave. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, cool. man.
2: It's cool. Like, this is how this is how it works. It's yeah. fine. Um, so, so again, yeah, like those numbers, it, it, it's clearly getting better as we understand how bacterium work and everything like that. But mm-hmm. even then, 194 people out of 100,000 doesn't sound like a lot, but that's still a lot of people.
0: Oh, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. So this ends up leading us to what is the sanatorium movement, which developed around the 1880s and attempted to cure tuberculosis naturally.
0: Oh no, it's um, essential oils. Uh,
2: it, um, it's a little less, I think...
0: A little less, a little woo-woo. less
2: woo-woo. Yeah, okay. a little less woo-woo than that. Um, <clears throat> given that tuberculosis is spread through proximity, the idea was that these patients be given isolation and plenty of circulating air. Makes sense, right?
0: Actually, yes, this is the most... Cohe- coherent thought I've heard from this time period was like, hey, what if we just took all the sick people and, like, moved them?
2: Yeah, and it's not just like, hey, get rid of these sick, get rid of the sickies, right? It's right. like, no, like, you know, we know that like people who live in these cramped, like, tenements or whatever, they they are more prone to picking this stuff up. So, number one, not a whole lot of air circulation. Number two, there's so many of them jammed together, so let's You know, everything here makes sense so far. So open-air houses and cabins would allow for easy access to the outdoors, but it was also an expensive treatment for many people. And, you know, this is why you have so many books in uh, the 1800s about sickly people moving into the country when they come down with an illness. Mm -hmm. This was a pretty common train of thought.
0: Yeah, I kind of remember that from, like, some of the uh, Sherlock Holmes books. You would have people at sanitariums. Yeah, every single fucking
2: Victorian novel has at least one person convalescing in the countryside. Yes. Um. So, so one major concern here uh, would be isolation. People sent to these facilities may never see their families again. That sounds right. After awesome. all, right. Uh, <laughs> um, After all, it's essentially an open-air incubator for what was considered a largely incurable disease. Mm. You still had the anxiety of, like, you could still catch it. So a lot of people, when they were shipped to these places, were just left there.
0: You're not getting visitors.
2: Yeah, Uh, well, and that's not always the case. So, um, with that said, uh, there was an interview with Margaret Bowe, who was 91 when the interview was conducted. She was a, um, and this was conducted by the Waverly Hills Preservation Society. She was a former patient at, uh, Waverly Hills. And this, this interview was conducted, I think, in like 2008 or something like that. So she's 91 years old. Damn. Um, she confirmed that she could leave during holidays and could have visitors. So my understanding is that this may have been based on the severity of the case of tuberculosis you had. Interesting. Another thing that I I read a lot of was that like the the way that these places were designed is the people who were most likely to survive were always towards the open air like mm-hmm. down like the perimeter, and then the further inward you went, the more severe the cases were. So if you feel if you find out that you're moving from like the open air perimeter deeper into the building, you that's fought. a bad sign. Yeah. Um, so, it, again, we're, I'm going to refer to her a couple of times because, like, it's a fascinating interview. I have it linked in the document. Um, but um, <clears throat> they, they take this concept of fresh air seriously, no matter the season. Oh, now, no. um, mm-hmm. So I, there are photos uh, on those websites that I've mentioned before uh, that show sick people with their beds wheeled out into the open air in winter amid deep snow.
0: Now, Mike, Hmm. I know you're a big, you know, you're like
1: colds don't get caused by cold. This still couldn't have been good for you, right? I mean, so there is, I'm pretty sure there's evidence that, you know, being cold for long enough does suppress your immune system. So there's a little bit there, but, you know, eh. Okay.
2: Yeah. But but he, here's the thing. We also have, again, from Margaret Bow, she confirms this very fact in an interview where she stated, quote, I think they thought that they could freeze the TB out of you by leaving you out in the cold like that. Fuck. That was probably the worst part, not being able to put your bed back in the room until the snow came on the foot of the bed. Mm-hmm. So we spent a lot of time on the porch, and that was not the answer, but they were trying. Oh, so, yeah. That's just gonna, like, fucking kill you. Yeah. yeah. Um... So yeah, I mean, there's there's photos of these people who are like convalescing at the sanatorium, and like there's snow on them. Jesus. Now, fuck. I, I I also need to emphasize that large portions of this building or these buildings, I should say, that make up the campus, um, had no windows at all. Again, they're taking this open uh. air idea very very seriously. Yeah. So even the even the cabins where the people, or even the rooms where they're sleeping, like hugely open you've got you you've got your porch that's so open there and then you've got your door that leads into the room and the room uh, the door is basically like a wicker door with a big old hole punched into it again like fresh air is everything you know you kids need to go
1: outside and get you some fresh air
0: mom I, <laughs> the, the air's frozen mom but I was going to say something about the horrible treatment of patients in the past, but after spending two months in the hospital last year, I feel like maybe the medical profession just hates six sick people in the United States in general
2: <laughs> in
1: perpetuity. Well, you, you know,
2: know. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Mike. I
1: mean, it's like, Kevin, what's your opinion of our of, uh, customers at the store?
2: I
0: mean for the most part they're good but it's kind of sad watching people die. I'm I'm saying you don't
1: seem like you like any customers.
0: Like so. I don't like any people. That's what in I'm saying general, is that so. if
1: if you had like total control over the customers you would make their lives hell.
0: I wouldn't <laughs> say I mm, mm, I'm not <laughs> going to say anything incriminating on this show. Let's continue.
2: Yeah. Well and it's like Mike had mentioned earlier like again a lot of this is us learning what to do about sure. this shit. This
1: is this is early days before we knew how to Yeah, do it's that. also people that had like their own ideas mm-hmm. and instead of like, you know, scientifically testing, they just kept peer, telling people, "Hey, you need to, you need to like sleep in the snow, just keep just just, just yeah. got to be cold, you know, yeah. fresh it, air."
0: And this is still the days of hmm think you got ghosts in your blood. You might want to do some cocaine mm-hmm, about it.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were just barely out of the leeching period. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, and you know, you mentioned science, and like, no, science was being done. It was just being done on the people who were recovering. Yeah. So <laughs> there, there were some other treatments besides rest in a well-aerated room or deck. There were also surgical solutions such as the plumage technique. Oh,
0: Dr. Zoiberg, please explain the plumbage technique. <laughs> Plumbage. Um,
2: plumage. Plumage. Uh, first developed in 1696 by Giorgio Baglivi, the plumage technique, also known as pneumothorax technique, was the collapsing of an infected lung to rest it and allow lesions to heal. Sometimes this revo- involved the removal of ribs. All right.
0: Before anybody says anything else, they're literally turning their lungs off and then back on again. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so it, you just have this infected lung, and you kind of press down on it, try to get all the air out of it, and let it kind of, I guess, re re-inflate naturally. Oh, God, do you think it sounded like a whoopee cushion? Probably. Um, and just, uh, much gurglier, I think.
1: Oh, God. This this sounds, one, very unpleasant, and two, like, it didn't have a great success rate.
2: Yeah,
0: I feel no. like this is kind of medical murder.
2: Well, well here's the thing. Let, let's get into this a little bit. So... I had mentioned in an inter- I had mentioned that there was an interview with Margaret Bow earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, she confirms that she had this procedure done a few times over the course of seven or eight months.
0: I would follow this woman Whoa. into battle.
2: This this
1: yeah. or no, I would not because this woman is like certifiably insane.
0: <laughs> House, well, it, I mean, they did it. I'm sure she had as much say. So I'm sure she could. She completely. certainly
2: didn't like it. I'll put it that way. She oh, certainly oh. didn't like it.
0: Oh. <laughs> Oh. But yeah,
2: so so this was something like... And, you know, it, it sounded like it might have been partially successful because she was fucking 91 years old.
1: Yeah, she made it. Look, look, I've seen stories of 91-year-olds that, like, drink bacon, grease, and Coke every day <laughs> of their lives. And- when you say Coke... I meant Coca-Cola.
0: Okay, because I'm just picturing a granny drinking. Just, just and God! I hope
2: lungs. that's me. This is just survivor I hope bias. That's me at like 87 years old. <laughs> this, this is survivor bias. Uh. Now, now, old Giorgio's technique wasn't originally developed for TB, but rather to aid in recovery from sword wounds to the chest. But the principles seemed to line up enough that it was considered a potential treatment for TB. And, like, there are people who survive, so who's to say?
0: Well, you already got a hole in the damn thing. It's deflating anyway. May as well just smash it
1: down. Well, I'm (laughs) just saying, you know, they they survived, but they could have survived without the deflation of the lungs. You don't know that for sure.
0: Yeah, sure. She didn't say it was a good idea. Yeah. And, uh, and we she, she was
1: not
2: pleased with it. So I can imagine. So, so, some other techniques were more
1: experimental. What, like taking the lungs out entirely and throwing them against the wall?
2: <laughs> no, not, nothing that bad. Nothing that okay. bad. Um, although I would not be surprised if they like, well, what if we take the lungs out and wash them? <laughs> what, if, what if we
1: take the lungs out and like flip them left to right? <laughs> 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 they just need to confuse them. To get the TB out. What have you washed them? Ooh, there you yeah, go.
2: Yeah, Yep, yep. With a nice sponge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some bourbon. Yep. So, 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 <laughs> bourbon. Um, in the lungs. So, for example, some rumored treatments included balloons surgically implanted into lungs and filled with air to expand oh, them. Oh,
0: fuck.
2: Another rumored treatment was the removal of muscles and ribs to allow lungs to expand further.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And some, and others, was removal of ribs so they could, you know,
2: go down on themselves more easily.
0: Ah, the old Marilyn Manson (laughs) routine.
2: So, I don't know how much I buy these, but then again, we used to pay people to steal corpses out of graves so surgical colleges could practice techniques, so what do I know? I mean,
1: mean, I'm pretty (laughs) sure they just tried everything.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Mm -hmm. at some, and like you mentioned... Weren't some people still using leeches at this point? And let's not forget oh, I... what desperation will drive people to do.
1: Kevin, we're, we're using leeches today. Oh, I was just fuck. talking about there. There are medical leeches. In fact, I saw recently a picture of a either nurse or med student having to, there was a trail of blood and, and she had to like go and get the escaped medical leech.
0: I want to burn
1: everything down now. But, but you know, they they're, they have their uses. You know they.
2: No, no, it, it makes sense. They, it, but sure. it, it's, we're no longer at the point where it's the go-to. Oh, yeah, no. You know,
1: you don't have a headache and someone sticks leeches on your face. No, you're correct. Yeah, yeah.
2: We're they,
1: no they longer have a at the period
2: st- where you got the sawbones. who's either like, well, it's either leeches or the bone saw. They
1: and I can very, give you a haircut when I'm done. They have a very specific <laughs> use case, yes. But, you mm-hmm. know, j- just like, you know, the trepanings. That, that is a thing that was done to let the demons out or you know whatever the hell else they said was
2: good well, for
0: relieving pressure well, it, in the brain
1: yeah
2: and isn't there like an actual technique that involves putting a balloon in the lungs to, to help uh, like like if you have a collapsed lung
1: yeah so sure, that, your I think name's that's, Frankenstein I, I mean, think that's how they one way one of the ways not the how they I think that's one of the ways they do you know reinflate the lung yeah if it's yeah you know, yeah so
2: Again, this is us like learning shit. And unfortunately, yeah. for the people at these uh, sanatoriums and hospitals, they oh, end up yeah. being the guinea pigs.
1: Yeah, um, no, I mean, there's no way to. Re- That's the sad thing about medical science is that without. You can't. Really, you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. And those and eggs, are unfortunately, eggs. are. Yeah, we are the eggs. Yeah. Um, we are the egg man. Cuckoo cachoo. Oh, but. So-
2: fuck. <laughs> again, like I'm giving you all of this to kind of show, like, if a place is going to be fucking haunted,
0: this is the place to do
2: it. Exactly. So, you know, we've got this kind of like these different kind of like surgical attempts at helping with curing TB. However, a medicinal cure would be found in 1990 or 1944. Through the isolation of the bacterial streptomycin by Albert Schatz, Elizabeth Budgie, and Selman Waxman.
1: Okay, those are some great
2: last names.
1: Schatz, Budgie, and Wakeman. Uh, Waxman.
2: Waxman. Waxman. (laughs) So, that discovery, combined with para aminosolitic acid discovered in 1946, changed the game and greatly reduced or uh, greatly increased the recovery rate of tuberculosis uh, patients. So, you know, hey, there's a medicinal solution here.
0: Which is awesome.
2: Now, of course, we can't mention tuberculosis without discussing some crimes against humanity either. Mm. And who better to kick that off than the Nazis?
0: You know, one of these days, just one of these days, we're going to do a topic that doesn't in some way come back around to the Nazis. But... That is not today, and it is not in the foreseeable future. I
1: think that's impossible. I think, <laughs> I think. Unfortunately, we are trapped in a that law pose law. Yeah, uh, and yeah, here's the
2: thing. Law. You know, it, it's we still don't. We, we 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 I'm trying to do a not see them coming, and I can't seem <laughs> oh, to get there. D- so. don't
0: don't. You just explained it. Yeah. That's fine. We yeah. know where you yeah, were going.
1: I applaud your efforts. Nobody okay, so. sees the Spanish Nazi Inquisition. God damn it.
2: <laughs> During the Nazi occupation of Poland, SS Open Gruppenfuhrer William Nobsar Cope. Yes, I, I, I like saying it. It's Ober- a fun Gruppen- word Fuhrer? to say, but terrible. You yes. have
1: to love the German, like just just smooshing words together to make a word.
2: Obergruppenfuhrer. Okay. So <laughs> Wilhelm Cope would organize the slaughter of over Thirty thousand Polish tuberculosis oh. uh tuberculosis patients. Despite the rapidly approaching treatments for TB that were just covered, which were highly publicized at the time. God damn it. Now I'm not shocked at this because, well, Nazis. Nazis gonna Nazi. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's very much accepted that the TB treatment argument was just an excuse to exterminate Polish people.
0: Wilhelm, do you have a cough?
2: No my fear. I am fine, I swear.
0: Sends them to the camp. Schnell, schnell! It's... I,
1: yeah, no,
2: it's... It, any, any, that's the thing. It, they're disguising it as like a public health thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Any Nazis would take any excuse to kill people they don't like. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um. Now, let, let's talk about something even uh, just as fucked up here. So, also, oh, yeah. our neighbors to the north, the Canadians would continue to surgically treat TB in indigenous peoples clear into the 1960s, <sighs> despite the widespread publication and acceptance of these medicinal treatments. This can be read in Canada's Residential Schools, The History, Part 2, 1939-2000. to
3: You
0: know, people think that racism and poor treatment of indigenous people ended a long time ago, and they really need to look way closer to now. We didn't suddenly just become a better species because Mr. Rogers was around. Yeah,
1: it, yeah. It, I mean, it, unfortunately, I mean, it's, I mean maybe I mean, not the mass deaths isn't happening as yeah, much anymore, but, but still. I mean,
0: the Aborigines in Australia weren't uh, really, you know, accepted until the 1970s. And again, the Mormon Church didn't recognize African Americans as human until I think it was 1978
2: you know yeah. and even even in Canada now I, I don't know the name of the stretch of this highway oh. but yeah it's it's the highway I, I don't know what they call it but like again a lot of indigenous women go missing
0: oh yeah that that one yes and then there's so, like, yeah, the, where they yeah. found all the buried bodies at a, at some schools up there recently
2: yeah. So, um, you know, so there's some crimes against humanity um, Mm -hmm. for you involving tuberculosis. Oh, and by the way, tuberculosis is back. Yeah, baby. Like is back in style.
0: Oh, God. In pog form.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, It turns out that a drug resistant strains that emerged in the 1980s led to a rise in cases around the world. In the U.S., this was exacerbated by the closure of public health facilities and the rise of HIV.
0: Again, like you said earlier, Mike, the boondocks were right. Ronald Reagan was the devil.
1: So so have either of you had a, t- a TB test before? Yes, mm, yes. Uh, in order for me yes. to
2: uh, teach, I have to get a TB test.
1: I think I did. Wait, with the, the four needles? Mm-hmm. I, I was a kid. At the I, time. Was, I was a teenager, but yeah, I remember that. And I remember them poking with me and like, you know, telling me, you know, in my parents, all the stuff, you know, about, you know, if it becomes bumps and all that I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. I, I was like, yeah, before that, I'd heard of tuberculosis. And before that, I thought, oh, that was a disease in the past. I'm like, I'm getting tested for it. And I'm like, that was a cowboy disease. Yeah, I was like, wait, you're testing me for what? <laughs>
2: Cowboy Talk about putting the fear of God in you when you go to the doctor, it's Jesus. Like, yeah. It's like
1: I was, you know, it, it was the same thing as if they had come to me and said, "We're going to give you a test for uh, the uh, bubonic plague."
0: Oh yeah, or <laughs> we're going to test you for dick explosion syndrome. Yeah, it was just kind of a,
1: a
2: what the fuck moment. Yeah, right. So, so according to the World Health Organization, there were around 1.6 million people who died from tuberculosis in 2021. Out of about 10.6 million people who had it.
0: That is like way too many people in both those cases.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. So, taking all of this into account, tuberculosis was a traumatic illness that absolutely ravaged families and communities of the mid-to-late 1800s. Mm. It would often result in slow, painful deaths with little success in treatment, though in some cases, surgical solutions were present and largely unhelpful. (laughs) Oh, boy, you're suffering. Let's cut you up and like not help at all. Now, now, take all of this mm-hmm. and apply it to a location where thousands of people pass through the doors and may never have come out alive and you have plenty of backdrop to a haunted location.
1: Oh, I forgot what we we're talking about. <laughs> we're leading up to. It. I just thought we're...
2: Again, yeah, I do apologize I thought, for the amount of history no, here, no, but I think...
1: that I, That's great. I love the, the backstory, but it just makes you forget about where we're going yeah, with it's this. It's tragic without the ghosts. Yeah.
2: Like, context is key here. Yes, so, no,
1: I agree. It's just it's so, just funny when you, you're you listening to all this, you're getting into it, and then you're like, oh yeah, this is about ghosts, not just <laughs> the tuberculosis cast. <laughs> well,
2: like, how, how the fuck are you going to get a ghost? Well, tuberculosis certainly does yeah. hurt.
1: Yeah, it seems like um, a pretty, you know...
2: In fact, we could call
0: it the ghost-making disease.
2: (laughs) Fuck. Uh, Uh, (laughs) So, after the break, we'll get into what makes this place so fucking haunted.
0: I mean, okay, in all
1: honesty, David, you kind of just did, but
3: yes.
2: Oh, but wait, there's more. Was it
1: built on, like, a ley-lined Indian burial ground? Freaking. It's
0: built over a giant TB crystal.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't power that crystal.
0: Yeah, we'll be right back after this. Hey David, you know what makes our show great? What's that, Kevin? No
2: ads! You know what would make it better? What's that, Kevin? Ads! What if, and I'm just spitballing here, we do ads for independent creators at reasonable rates? How reasonable? Overly. How about $2 per episode pre-roll? That is almost too reasonable. Might as well go for it. Let's send everyone to the contact page for Supernatural Selection. SupernaturalSelectionPod.com slash contact? Exactly. Just have them scroll down to the Advertise With Us section for more information. That sounds great. Now let's record the ad. Kevin? Yes, David? We just did. Whoa. And we're
0: back. And uh, after that last part, I just want to go ahead and say: next time I'm in the hospital, I'm gonna have like a sign. Uh, you know, they have those "do not resuscitate" signs. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna have one that says "do not inflate or deflate or you know what, just <laughs> don't. Whatever it is, just don't.
2: Don't don't turn me into a no. Patriots football. No,
0: don't do anything. Oh, that you know. I'm glad <laughs> I got reference. that reference. <laughs> That is our one sports reference for the entire series.
2: Bobby Season Bonilla.
0: <laughs> God damn it, we're not doing Bobby Bonilla jokes. <laughs> hey, man, Scotty Pippen's real short. So, so David, take us back into the world of tuberculosis. I mean, ghosts.
1: Right. Tu- so, tuber- ghostlosis.
2: You know, <laughs> as we went into the break, you know, I mentioned I spent a long time on the historiography of this location because I believe that information is essential to understanding the vibe of a haunted place. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that's a real good idea.
2: Yeah, especially because if we are assuming hauntings are the residual energy of the dead, we should know what sort of trauma keeps them hanging on. And oh boy, Waverly Hills Sanatorium has a lot of trauma on the grounds.
0: I mean, it started as a school, so of course.
2: Mm-hmm. So we're kind of getting a little bit back into the history here, just a little bit. So the sanatorium began as a modest two-story wooden administrative building around 1910, complete with two open-air pavilions. Okay. Now, the hospital would quickly reach capacity, necessitating an expansion, or more to the point, several expansions. Even these expansions didn't help much because of the persistent spread and scale of tuberculosis.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, when you've got a disease that's affecting, like, 70 90% of the population of the cities, you're going to run out of room quick.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for example, a forty patient treatment center was opened in 1912, and in 1912, a children's pavilion would include another fifty beds. And yes, we will get into the ghost of TB kids in a minute.
0: Jim Henson's TB babies.
2: <laughs> mm. <laughs> to, to dust I... off that old mystery science theater chestnut.
0: Yeah. Fuck off! It's great.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. Um, <laughs> so, so by 1954. The construction of a five-story brick and concrete building um, was assumed to meet demand. Architect D.X. Murphy designed this building. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not 1954. It's 1924. Okay. Um, Yeah. So, Architect D.X. Murphy designed this building with a capacity of 400, and it would open in mid-October of 1926. Okay. So, Waverly Hills, in many ways, was a self-contained community. It featured laundry facilities, a maintenance garage, a butcher, and farmland. Likely a holdover from Old Hayes' original estate.
0: Now, first off, all that makes sense because you want these people away from the general population.
2: Secondly, did the meat have tuberculosis? No, but the bread had bugs in it. Mm. Did it? Yeah, Yes, um, the interview that I've mentioned before, she talked about like getting some bread um, that had bugs in it. Uh, She also said that it was like a wonderful treat when her husband brought some hot dogs that they could warm on the radiator.
0: Discordia.
2: Yeah. Radiator
0: um, hot dogs. Radiator hot dogs,
2: yeah. Um, Not a pleasant place. No. So, like, you know, here's the thing. It wasn't out of maliciousness. No, it's
0: just the conditions of the place.
2: And any humanitarian effort that is not funded and cared for appropriately falls apart. So yes. around June of nineteen sixty one, Waverly Hills would close its doors as a sanatorium due to plummeting rates of T B patient intake because again we have this medicinal treatment.
0: Well, that's a good thing.
2: Mm-hmm. The hospital would sit vacant until nineteen sixty-two, reopening into Woodhaven Geriatric Center.
0: Oh god damn
2: it. This nursing home would treat <sighs> aging and dementia patients in addition to the mentally handicapped.
0: You know what? After that, they just started sawing people's legs off and throwing them in there to fend for themselves. Actually, David, get CBS on the phone. I think I have an idea for a new show for them during the writer's strike. <laughs> Jesus
2: Christ. <laughs> uh, pain <laughs> hospital.
0: <laughs> Legless fights.
2: Right? Goddamn. Okay, so, of course, things can't not be tragic. <laughs> A grand jury investigation discovered severe patient abuse in markedly decayed facilities, resulting in the closure of the facility in
0: 1982. God damn it. All of these fucking haunted hospitals have this story.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. So, I'll have more to say on the weird history of the place in a bit, but for now, let's look at, like, possible death totals and talk about some of the spooky spots. Let's get into the actual ghost shit here. Yeah. Now, estimates for the death count of the facility vary wildly. I've seen estimates as low as, like, 8,000 and as high as, like, a sensationalistic 50 or 60,000.
0: Man, 8,000's a fucking lot.
2: Yeah. So, the website Kentucky Historic Institutions has been uh, tracking down information on confirmed deaths going as far back as 1911. And even then, it's still quite a bit. I suggest taking a look. I have the document linked there. You can actually see the names and the records. Um. Even then, these totals are nowhere near eight thousand.
0: Oh, thank God!
2: Now, granted, their totals only include records that they have from nineteen eleven to nineteen forty nine.
0: That's still like fifty fucking years.
2: Yeah. Um. And I think I think one of the reports that I read was like at their peak they lost one hundred and ninety four people in one year. God damn. Right. Um. Now, one of the most infamous features of this location. Is what uh, is called the chute. Oh no! Now, yeah. Now, <sighs> when I say the chute in regards to a sanatorium, what do you think I'm talking about here?
0: Oh, chutes. No, I'm I'm picturing laundry chute. If your laundry happens to be dead.
2: Mm, so the chute is a 500 foot long tunnel. A tunnel. Fuck. More probably, uh, I think like the exact figure is like 485 feet. Um, that runs from the sanatorium to railroad tracks at the bottom of the hill, where bodies would be removed from the property. <laughs> now, the tunnels were initially used for construction purposes, but the rail and cable system was adapted for ferrying corpses out of the sight of patients convalescing at the facility.
1: I, I, I kind of want to ride the shoes. Sounds like the prototype for uh, Splash Mountain.
0: <laughs> Doesn't it? It kind of. Do you
1: think a Disney was there? <laughs> could be. Who knows, man. He rode the chute and it gave him an idea.
2: This is fun. I'm going to build an entire kingdom around this. <laughs> so, naturally, it's believed that the tunnel is haunted.
0: I would guess.
2: It's often spotlighted in various ghost hunting and history shows. Here we mm-hmm. reach a problem. No specific claims or evidence. This is really? something we see a lot in places like this. I just couldn't find specific claims of hauntings beyond people saying they saw something.
1: <laughs> it seems <laughs> like, you know, the, the, the thing that ferried a lot of dead people probably... I wouldn't expect that to be haunted. It's like, you know, you would think it would be like the place where people actually died, not... Where their mortal it, remains were kind of like. I,
2: I, I mean, that, that's fair. That's fair. Here's
0: the thing, though. The question is the haunting, the ghosts in the yeah. shoot, is it just them going, wee? Yeah,
1: maybe they thought, maybe they wrote it as a corpse and, like, that was fun. Let me do it again for eternity.
2: And they missed the light and, and then they're the, kind of stuck there. You know? Yeah. And there's like,
1: there's Which so many. Fine. They're on a slide. There's so many of them. There's like actually a ghost line as they're, <laughs> you know, waiting. And there's, is there
0: a fast pass?
1: And there's there's, a, <laughs> there's another ghost there as like the person waiting them. So they're. And no
0: he's and he's well, just sitting there going, "How the fuck did I get wrangled into this?" Yeah, like well, making well, the sure fast they don't
1: pass like... was
2: tuberculosis.
1: <laughs> oh, good point. They don't run into each other, you know, at the bottom of the slide.
2: Yeah. So, like, no, Mike, I, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. I mean, these are already the dead fucking bodies, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he, here's the thing, like, other locations on the grounds have these recurring figures uh, and stories, but the tunnels just seem to be this like big, creepy tunnel. And that makes people uneasy, um, you know. But there's just no significant recorded encounters. It's like, oh no, there's not the ghost of old Peg Leg Pete in the tunnel, right? <laughs> it's just, you know, it's it's a creepy, echoey tunnel where you know hundreds of corpses went down. Right. Yeah. It makes you uncomfortable, but yeah, there's no real like.
1: You don't hear about morgues being really fucking haunted, do you? Yeah. Even though they know they, you know hold and have probably had thousands of bodies come through there in their operational life right. and probably even more Like, I, you know hospital morgue how many freaking bodies have gone through one of those especially like
2: some old hospital that's been yeah. around since like the turn of the century sure y- y'all ever been in a morgue before
0: I have not and I don't I have. want to hmm. well of course I, you I have. got
2: I got to go into a hospital morgue when I was like not 11 years old and it was the coolest shit not a know, not,
0: Jim not. Jones did too.
2: <laughs> yeah, not no, I, I do have a lot of uh, parallels to Jim Jones here. But anyway, yeah. anyway,
0: Mike.
1: might say not a not a morgue that's been operational in my lifetime.
0: Oh, you mm. went to the one at the Allegheny, and you know, the, I'm pretty
1: sure there's others I've seen because I. But yeah, no, no, none of the that were active morgues at the well, time. Well, you
0: know, technically, any bathroom you leave is a morgue, there you like go. you specifically. because oh, because I killed that shit? You killed that shit. Okay.
2: Yeah, I, I used to have to spend a lot of time at the hospital, because my mom worked there. Um, okay. Like single mother sort of thing, so I, I would have to, like, sit at the hospital with my brother in, like, a waiting room or whatever. I thought you were homework. doing, like... But then okay. she's like, hey, you want to see something cool? I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and I got to go see eyeballs in the morgue. You know,
0: most people, it's the brother that goes, hey, you want to see a dead body? <laughs>
2: no, my, my mom was um, it, it was... Yeah, my mom had some fun shit that she'd put okay. but, Um Yeah, Did so, uh, again, yeah, like, we have, it's it's a creepy fucking tunnel, I get it, I would feel weird going down it. Sure. Um, but hey, you know, if we don't have specific recorded hauntings there, we do have the 2006 movie Death Tunnel.
0: Should I make a joke about somebody's butthole here? I kind of feel obligated. Um, <laughs> yeah, it smells it like slide. the
2: living dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You pounded corpses in your butt, anyway. Um, oh, so so yeah, they, like again, like everybody's, oh yeah, the tunnels haunted, but it's just you know, people are probably just hearing creepy sounds. As sure. much as I want to believe that the there tunnel. are ghosts, I don't necessarily know if the tunnels would be the spot for that. Sure. So, <clears throat> beyond the reading, one of the things I did for getting a handle on this location was to watch Ghost Adventures.
0: You never need an excuse to watch Ghost Adventures. <laughs> yeah,
2: and, and, and we're talking about like peak Ghost Adventures around 2010. Like, this is the good oh, shit.
0: right, right.
2: Right? It was back when Nick was still there. It was just Zach, right. Nick, and Aaron. So, in their fourth season, they investigated, and I put that in huge quotes here. <laughs> I um, see that. Yeah, they investigated Waverly Hills and didn't find much. But I figured it was worth mentioning as some of it intersects with common claims about hauntings in the area, but then they also kind of add their own stuff to it.
0: I never would have guessed.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. So one of the things in the Ghost Adventures episode I saw that was mentioned, but I didn't find much mention of in my texts, was the creeper on the fourth floor. Now, the show conveyed that it was a shadow entity that seems to crawl along the floor and sometimes the ceiling, according to witnesses. Uh-huh. There were also mentions of legends of doppelgangers on the grounds, but again, not much beyond what witnesses claimed in the episode.
0: Well, you know, for 20 bucks, I'll claim a lot on a ghost show.
2: Right, and, and then the other thing is, like, I didn't see much reference to this, references to either of these things. ...in any of the other text, and I've already given us, like, a wall of shit that I've read, so... Right. and We'll, we'll get into it in a minute, but... Um, sure. While interviewing one tour guide affiliated with the place at the time, Zach Bagans caught an EVP that included the words, Give me a break, which I assume was a ghost annoyed with him being there. However, <laughs> more notable was a whistle... Which is a common sound associated with hauntings at the sanatorium. I've read a couple of things that mention the sound of whistling around locations on the grounds.
0: Now, I personally just love the idea that even even the dead are sick of Zach Bagans.
2: You kind of get that sense sometimes. <laughs> like it depends on how much you believe in this stuff, but yeah, it seems like um, I, sometimes the ghosts seem to be fucking with them. And I yeah, I just that. want
0: I just want to hear a spirit going, "Oh, not this asshole again." <laughs>
2: now. One of the reasons people believe this location to be so haunted is that for a long period of time, while the property was abandoned, there were rumors and reports of lights in the sanatorium being on at night. Now, this is less surprising now because the location has owners and it is in use, but at other times, I'm sure this is really fucking creepy.
0: Yeah, well... I mean, having seen lights on in a house with no power and seeing the specter of my fucking great aunt getting ready for bed, that's
2: pretty freaking scary to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, like, but this is also, like, stock haunted location stuff, too. Oh, I know, but
0: it's creepy.
2: Oh, yeah. No, it, it's, it's again, wonderfully creepy. It's it's one of those things where, like, man, if only someone had, like, a fucking video of, like, the lights being on and going oh, off. Oh,
0: right. And it but, not looking like somebody would say a lantern or a flashlight.
2: Yeah. Now we also have claims of slamming doors, apparitions, the sounds in the, uh, and you know sounds in the many corridors of the facility, but very little in the way of specifics. Um, my favorite claim that I found on one website was the phantom hearse that I, you know. Again, why is there a hearse around back when the corpses went down a chute in front? I don't know.
0: All right, Mike, David. Mm -hmm. I've got a theory Mm -hmm. on that. Sure. Okay. The owner of the hearse died bitter at getting no business, and he continues his vendetta from beyond the grave. (laughs) Did
1: you die in the hearse? Maybe.
2: Again, yeah. It's like, you know, the hearse is just... A uh, Tonka truck for dead bodies There's no <laughs> did, did, dying he, person in the hearse Do you like yeah. to
1: naturally love the hearse And when he died in the hospital He's like I gotta oh. see my hearse
0: Oh no I think the hearse is like just there Because since they used the shoot, They never called the hearse
1: Oh the hearse is bitter Yeah
0: that's why yeah. I mean it's revenge You hearse. move the
2: bodies I'm bitter To, to pull yes. another mystery science theater chestnut Yes thank know. you
1: I don't know when, when, I, when I you know if I have a job, but someone else is doing my job and I get to do nothing. But you're not
0: getting paid for doing the nothing. Well, the hearse so isn't getting bitter. paid,
1: though. The, the hearse... dude, the ghost driving the ghost hearse. I mean, I'm mean, i pretty sure he was on the payroll.
2: Did you not, do like... ghost drivers get paid by the pound? Ooh,
1: <laughs> that's good a good question. Thought. I would, <laughs> no, I would I mean, look,
0: man, I'd be sitting it's... there going, come on, fatty, give it's up. Just <laughs> grab
2: it like a phone
0: booth.
1: If Go it's... toward the light. If it's a sanatorium, hurt owned hearse, then I'm assuming this guy is just on the payroll. Therefore, he's getting paid no matter what. I feel bad for Guido the hearse driver. Then I mean, I kind of feel bad for him, but on the other hand, he's probably just like sitting there, like I don't know what whatever leisure at the time could have been like reading books, and maybe he
2: was fine with not driving sure. smelly dead.
1: And that may everywhere. be what he's doing,
0: spending yeah. his afterlife reading trashy romance novels. Yeah, you know, the other but thing back,
2: is, he's probably spending less money on air fresheners, too. So. That's
0: yeah. true. And back to that paid by the pound thing. I wish I would, if that's true, can you imagine being the driver for, uh, what was his name, uh, John Panette?
3: <laughs>
0: Who? the You know, you go now!
2: <laughs> oh,
0: now, yeah. Now, yeah. That was a hefty just- tip.
2: Again, like, okay, claims of a phantom hearse sounds cool. Probably something someone came up with because, hey, it fits for this location. Sure. Now, I am not a fan of Zachary Knowles' book. I've made this plenty clear (laughs) in the Supernatural Selections thing that we recorded. Uh, Yeah. But I want to mention some of this uh, that I'm going to talk about because of how batshit generic it is.
0: You know, I've never heard the term batshit generic before, but I kind of like it.
2: It kind of applies pretty well to, like, haunted locations, though. Okay. Because Well, because, again, it's like, okay, this is all supposed to be crazy shit going on that doesn't make sense. But every single fucking location that's haunted, this shit happens. Right. right? So, um, quote, here we go. Maybe you don't even have to venture inside the building to spot something eerie. Countless people have the same desperate uh, spectral woman running out of the entrance of Waverly Hills. Witnesses saw her hands and legs bound in chains, blood dripping from her wrists and ankles. She screams desperately for someone to help her, then disappears into thin air. Could she have been one of the many victims of TB who died at the hospital, or one of the tortured residents of the prison-like elderly home that followed? No one can say. <laughs> so, so this to me is like an example of the kind of yes and that goes along with haunted sites where there's a sort of like one upmanship that surrounds what people <laughs> claim they saw. Like why the actual fuck would there be a chained up woman at a location like this, honestly? And how was she running with chained legs? <laughs> she was like shuffling. Oh, uh, this sucks. Uh, somebody I busted my lip. You know, and it's, it's, again, like, it it sounds creepy, it sounds kind of cool.
0: It sounds over the top. When you think
2: about it, it, like, that makes no sense.
0: It sounds like 13 ghosts.
2: Yeah, yeah, like, people are just kind of, like, projecting whatever to this location. Now, this is also indicative of the numerous problems I have with Knowles' book. A lot of people claim, and not a single citation, no evidence was provided. This is the only time I could find reference to this Uh chained-up woman running out of the asylum with blood dripping down yeah. her hands and ankles. Uh, and, and then the fact that he's like, could she have been one of the elderly residents of the prison like elderly home? Like what? It's very frustrating.
0: Yeah. I, I can understand that.
2: Yeah. So I, I've mentioned like supposed details and rumors here in this very script but it's not in s- uh, service to convince you that any of this is real. And I provide as much verifiable evidence as possible to do so. He does no such thing in this book. Like, <laughs> he, oh, I-, I think a lot of it is just like fan fiction because again, it's like, <laughs> he mentions a couple of things that are relatively known, which we'll get into, mm-hmm. but then it's like, you know, just here's the chained ghosts running away. Here's a fucking phantom hearse or whatever. Right. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to include the claim of the most generic haunted house ghost in the world.
0: <laughs> so, so David, as a teacher, mm-hmm. how would you grade this book if it were turned in as an assignment to you?
2: Uh, I would never assign a book for them to write, but sure, but um, hypothetically, like it, it, if if I were to look at that chapter that he wrote as an essay, it would be a um, it would be a D. The um, D would still give a him a D because credit. it's legible. You know, it's 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 okay. I mean, he he it's yeah, it's legible. It's typed up. That's great. Uh, no, it, it's more that like there's stuff in there that I can verify. But there's a lot of stuff that's not verified and it's that not verifiable stuff that pisses me the fuck off. Right. Just like making those, again, like the most fucking generic haunted house Scooby Doo bullshit.
0: Right.
2: Uh, anyway, that's
0: understandable.
2: Speaking of generic, let's talk about the ghosts of dead children.
0: Oh uh, yay! Let's 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 make it happier.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There have been numerous sightings of ghostly children uh, on Waverly Hills, but only one of them has a name: Timmy
0: course, it's a fucking Timmy.
2: Timmy! Timmy! <laughs> Timmy. I, was
0: actually th- I was actually thinking about, like, Timmy trapped in the well, you know, or, or <laughs> trapped in... Like, has a compound fracture with little man. Dude, I wonder down how many Haunted wells there are out there. Uh, oh, my God. I know. we're gonna
1: need another Timmy.
0: <laughs> Timmy's just, like, the generic name. That's what yes. I love about
2: it. So, there are many claims of specific ghostly children on the property knowles's book tries to make a claim about a mary a name he gives to what is a reported ghost of a little girl on the third floor um only time i've seen that potential ghost named mary i've heard of a couple other like third floor little girl ghosts whatever Mm -hmm. um there are also reports of haunted refrains of ring around the rosie in the sun therapy room again this is like I'm making a haunted house movie. I'm going to have, like, a creepy off-key... Yeah, yeah but no. again, it's the most generic thing. Right. But Timmy, I found references to Timmy many times. And Timmy, he likes to play with visitors. <laughs> oh, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Now, Timmy is said to haunt the fourth floor. This is, like, the consensus that I found. Okay. Um... Sometimes he gets confused for some of the other kids, like the third-floor kids or whatever, but for the most part, from what I gathered, Timmy is a fourth-floor kid. Now, Timmy has a certain tendency. According to those who have witnessed his handiwork, he likes to play with toy balls. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Guests will often bring toy balls with them to see if they can invoke Timmy to do something. Now, reports range from seeing the balls move on their own to hearing the sound of bouncing balls and a child's laughter. And I have a couple, like, links to YouTube videos on here. Um,
0: I'll check those out in a bit. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, again, like, and here's the thing. Like, um, so many people go to Waverly Hills. You can find so many, like, Haunted Encounter videos on there. Like, uh, you know, here, here's Timmy playing with the ball or whatever. Um, so... The the whole thing with the ball here, of course, makes me remember one of my favorite horror films of all time, and it creeps me the hell out. Like, this gives me the chills.
0: I mean, it's spooky, but for some reason, child ghosts don't actually scare me. Mm. It's angry old man ghosts that scare me.
2: Well, and I I don't (laughs) know if it's. Like. I don't know if it scares me. Like, it's chilling to me.
0: It's chilling, yes, but I mean, like. It's
2: chilling in a sad way.
0: Sure, but, like, you know. I'm. I don't think I'm gonna run away from a child ghost, but like you get a creepy ass old man that died in a place and is still walking around like playing grab ass.
2: It depends if they're if they're singing ring around the Rosie. Ring around the Rosie. Oh, you no, mean I'm talking the about kids. Kid. Okay, um, sorry, my bad. But but if if you can guess what my fate one of my favorite horror films is based on the association of ghosts, children, and balls. Um, and I, I, I mean toy balls, not testers. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> yes, thank um, you. Let, let, let me know on the Discord. I want to see if anyone figures that out. Uh, I want, I, yeah. I, I, I can't, can't
1: guess it. Do uh, you, you know, Mike? Mike? I mean, I have an idea, but I, I, you I you have not seen the movie in quick? forever, so I can't.
2: Uh, okay, well, 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 let's not mention wanna, it in the episode. I'll see I want to take decides. it away from the, sure, the Discord yeah. people. yeah. So, you know, regardless, Timmy is one of the more iconic spectral presences in the location. You know, but the tragedy of a terminally ill child ghost who just wants to play is no match for that of a suicide of a scorned nurse.
0: Oh, hell yeah. Let's get into some Silent Hill shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, Waverly Hills would be a great set for a Silent Hills game.
0: Wouldn't it, though?
2: All right, so... Room 502 is particularly notable among ghost enthusiasts who visit Waverly Hills and is also the subject uh, to a great deal of speculation and misinformation. Awesome. To begin with, the fifth floor was not an asylum wing, Zachary Knowles.
0: You dumb bastard.
2: (laughs) People weren't driven mad by TB and shoved up there. This wasn't the KFC Taco Bell fusion of fucked up early 20th century medical science. I call those clucking bells. <laughs> so, yeah, that's one of the things. Like, he talks about, oh, yes, the fifth floor where people are driven mad by TV. I'm sure tuberculosis can drive a person mad, but it's not like this endemic thing where they just shove everybody onto the fifth floor who goes crazy from TV. Yeah. So... <laughs> Anyway, what we do know is that room 502 was a nurse's station on the floor. There was basically, like, you had two... The way the nurse's station worked is you had one at the edge of each wing, and they were connected by, like, laundry facilities and other things. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, one large wing. But 502 in particular is, like, one room in that larger thing. So what we do know... um, is that there was a nurse's station on that floor, but what is hard to confirm are the tales of tragedy that occurred within. Of course. Now, the earliest tragic death associated with the room was the rumored suicide of a nurse there in 1928. Hmm. I could not find records of this. I don't find it unbelievable, but I cannot find any official confirmation of this death.
0: I don't know, man. I think we can assume that if there was a building built before nineteen eighty, a nurse killed themselves in it. Jesus I mean Christ. Ho- hospital, school, hot dog factory, doesn't matter, there's a dead nurse there.
2: Yeah. Oh no, you oh, that's the problem with the foundation. You got a nurse yep. corpse in the you got a yep. nurse corpse <laughs> in, in your basement.
0: Yep. What happened <laughs> in the Jitney jungle? Don't know. Nurse killed herself over near the uh near the vegetables.
2: Kevin
1: is yeah, that worthy. Felt- Oh. that where the roses sucking hole came from. Yep, dead, dead nurse.
0: nurse. Dead nurse built <laughs> in the 70s nurse killed herself under uh, this under the floor.
2: Jesus Christ. Okay. So, you know, from what various rumors say, this nurse, Mary Hillenberg, hung herself in this room, likely over being pregnant out of wedlock with a doctor on site or having to endure a forced abortion by that same doctor.
0: Can I congratulate you on your new Tom White song?
2: Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, man. That, that'd be a sick song, dude. I, it I, I like it. I like it. She um, hung herself
0: in the nurse's station.
2: Now, now, there is a record of a Mary Hellenberg around that time who died. Really? But it wasn't d- due to suicide. Okay. But yeah, so either like she was scorned by the doctor who got her pregnant, or the doctor tried to force an abortion, and it was so traumatic that she hung herself.
0: Mike so, thoughts on that?
2: Um that that
1: either way she was not very pro-life.
0: Oh <laughs> too soon. Too Oof. soon.
2: <laughs> now, a few years later, in nineteen thirty-two there was also a rumored suicide of a nurse. Nurses are just killing themselves all over this place. Well, They're they're
1: (laughs) tragically overworked and underappreciated.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: And they realize they have TB. Them and teachers are both, you know,
2: terrible, terribly undervalued. Yep. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, you know, in 1932, there was also a rumored suicide of a nurse who worked in that same room. She reportedly leapt from the fifth floor window to the ground below. Again, very few records of this. Mm. So, um, quoting from American Hauntings Inc. here, quote, So, what happened in room 502 that could cause so many people to claim paranormal experiences there? Overactive imaginations, or is it something real? It's hard to say, but it seems likely that something occurred in that room to cause the legend to take root in the first place. What was, what might have been, who knows. The story of Room 502 may have been loosely based on some forgotten facts, but the truth remains buried under all the speculation and rumor. And, and a pile,
0: I, sorry, and a pile of dead nurses.
2: Yeah. Right. And I, I think this quote, like, is indicative of, like, this whole thing with Waverly yeah. Hills. There's obviously, like, again, if a place is going to be fucking haunted, Waverly Hills is going to be fucking haunted. And, um, I just, and I, so this, this was the top floor, right? Yes, yes. So that, I I can also
1: kind of see there kind of being a mystique about, you know, the top floor. Because think about it, every floor under it is exponentially more busy with more traffic. Mm -hmm. The top floor, you only go up to the top floor if you need to be on the top floor. But you're going to all these other floors, you know, to get to various other places. So I can see it being a very kind of desolate, almost Mm -hmm. lonely place. Yeah. Um probably not the you know a list position to be in right because um, it's probably nothing super important up there <laughs> Several for um, patients probably also like you know kind of alluded to with the, the one nurse is probably where you know doctors probably force them force themselves on nurses more for you know hanky panky because it's point. so desolate yeah. and so yeah so I can see it being this kind of nexus of out of the way place that just you know bad things probably happened there and it probably just gained a mystique from that alone, notwithstanding yeah. the fact that, well, if, you know, a place could be haunted. Everybody knows ghosts rise to the top. <laughs> well, I was going to say,
0: actually, when I was in the hospital off my medication and going psychotic, I developed this theory that the higher up you are in a hospital, the closer you are to the demons. <laughs> so that's just a thing.
2: So, but yeah, I mean like this stuff, because of the history of the place it sounds plausible, right? Yeah, sure. sure. A nurse, a nurse killed herself, and she's I mean, haunting the place. It yeah, makes I'm not saying it didn't sense. happen. It makes fucking sense. We don't have any real evidence; it's all hearsay. Unlike, sure. say, Timmy, for example, yeah. where there's like video footage of like, oh, the ball is moving by itself. Holy fuck! Um, again, a lot yeah. of that could just be wind because, again, a lot of this building did not have fucking windows. <laughs> so yeah. it, it ran Mac OS.
0: Yeah. Yeah, oh, goddammit,
2: know, Who knows? You know, I I, Maybe, I like Timmy, at least. Could have been Linux.
0: Yeah, Timmy, at least, I'm willing to, like, look into some more.
2: Yeah, yeah, and there's, there's uh, like, you can just type in Waverly Hills Timmy, and there's going to be dozens of videos where people are like, oh, my God, we got to play ball with Timmy.
0: Oh, that Timmy. sounds really cool, though.
2: Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's kind of it regarding the haunted stuff, but I want to get back into a little bit of the history of this place, because, again, like, the history, I think, is just as fascinating as the, the ghost stuff here. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'd like to step away from the world of Spooks and Spectres a bit to get into some of the more recent history of Waverly Hills. Now, when we'd left off, the place had been shut down for negligent care of old folks. God
0: fucking damn it.
2: Right. Now, in an effort to heap further shit on what is likely a psychic swirl of hauntings, A developer by the name of J. Clifford Todd bought the hospital in 1983 in order to convert the grounds into a minimum security prison complex. Protests caused the plans to be scrapped. You know what? Thank God for protests. Now, again, minimum security, probably not as traumatic, but like, yeah, you know, it's still it was. A prison
0: on top of a geriatric right, home, on top of a fucking TB place. Right,
2: right. Just, again, I'm just like, wow, there for the yeah. grace of God and funding. Yeah, we're um, going to
0: turn it into a place where we euthanize dogs after that. Jesus
2: Christ. And then we're going to bury people there on the ground. Yeah, so. sure, why not? Um,. In one of the weirder footnotes in all of this, in March 1996, Robert Alberhasky of the Christ the Redeemer Foundation bought Waverly Hills. His plan was to construct the world's tallest statue of Jesus.
0: Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's not going to be the stir stick in a psychic cocktail.
1: It, it, hopefully it, <laughs> it, it's something the best uh, Big Cheddar Jesus. Oh, or, or big, big Butter, butter Jesus. Jesus. Yes. That burned down. Yep,
2: the, the statue was to be 150 feet tall and 150 feet wide, wow, modeled geez. after the Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro.
1: That, that's that's. I was going to say that's almost a very rotund Jesus, but I realized his arms would be outstretched, so <laughs> <Right true. laughs> I was just imagining spherical <laughs> Jesus. The fat one evens out the in one.
2: Yes, <laughs> um,
0: Jesus is doing was, big arms.
2: And on top of that, it was to be placed on the roof of the five-story sanatorium building. What the fuck? I, 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 that old building's probably not rated for that. Mm. Yeah, man,
0: the sight of that thing collapsing with <laughs> Jesus just face-planting would have been amazing.
2: There were further plans to renovate the grounds to include a chapel, theater, and gift shop, but they fell through. <laughs> because the, it was a tax scam. Well, the estimated cost would have been around $4 million baseline... And I think with the other, like so, the four four million to do the statue alone, and then and the like rest another was four more. million for everything else on the grounds.
0: God damn!
2: But Alberhasky was only able to secure about three thousand dollars over the course of a year <laughs> in fundraising.
0: I find that's, failed Kickstarter stories sadly
1: hilarious. Yeah, that, that's that's not falling short. That's not even getting off the starting that's, line. that's complete
0: <laughs> failure right there, buddy.
1: It's like, it's like, uh, I, at work, uh, me and another coworker were lamenting that we, uh, didn't have an ice maker in our fridge. So, you know, they make those countertop jobbies, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, I decided, uh, I'll do something about it and I'll see if anybody else in the store wanted to kick in. So I created a, put up a little thing, a container for money and had a sign for, you know, communal ice maker, uh. Funding and I put four dollars of my hard earned money in it. You know how much money over the course of three weeks that collected five dollars, a dollar 25. <laughs> Dave, you were money, optimistic on top of the money I put in, it was a dollar 25.
2: Uh, and that's why I'll never do a Kickstarter for my comics.
0: Yep, <laughs> yep, 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 yep.
2: Now, around 2001, the sanatorium property was purchased by Tina and Charlie Mattingly. Um and they ran it for a while in two thousand and fifteen the property was purchased by a private company which signed a ninety nine year lease It's
0: a long time
2: yeah I can't dig up the names of individual members of this company um it's uh, like it's the current Waverly Hills website there's not a whole lot of specifics do you um, think it was Bigelow <laughs> maybe maybe Bob Bigelow now, right now it currently Waverly Hills currently serves as a tourist destination, offering historical and ghost tours, as well as making for a pretty kick-ass haunted house every October. I was
1: thinking that I was like, if they're not doing haunted house shit, you know, they should be sued.
0: Here's the question. Do the ghosts get involved in the shenanigans?
2: That I don't know, but there are, like, there are haunted locations where the ghosts get involved with the actual, like, haunted house that I heard
0: about. yes, that's what I mean. I hope Timmy gets involved.
2: Could you imagine
1: if, like, you're just some paid high school student you're paid to be like the guy with the the chainsaw without the actual blade on it and you're sitting there in your you know ready cubby hole getting ready to bust out at the next group and then you get your ass haunted <laughs>
3: <laughs> and <laughs> you just run
1: out <gasps> screaming oh, because man. you just got Whoa. terrified I want to get <laughs> this is the
0: only haunted house thing I've heard about that I want to go to
2: I love haunted houses so like I I
1: We don't have any there. around here so,
2: ah oh, man, I, I, I feel bad for you guys. Yeah, haunted houses are great.
1: Did ever ever tell my haunted house story here mm. on the podcast? No. Um. So so in high school we had a lot more haunted houses around here than we do now, mm-hmm. and I went with uh, some friends, and that, that like the aforementioned chainsaw guy. There was a there was a section in this haunted house where it was basically you cut. You're walking down a hallway. And it turns 90 degrees to the left. And when you do that, as a group, a chainsaw guy comes behind you. And this is very narrow. This hallway is literally like two inches wider than my shoulders. So it's a very narrow. You can't get past anybody. And so Mm -hmm. it's a long hallway. And we're walking down this very narrow, confined, dimly lit hallway. And we hear a chainsaw behind us start up. And, of course, I think I'm last in the group. And I see everybody ahead of me just book it down this long hallway. So, of course, I start running and I'm running and I'm running and it's dim. Next thing I know, I see the guy that was in front of me stop and I don't stop because I know was not enough time and I plow into him and make the 90 degree turn to the right. And that's the exit <laughs> to the haunted house. And so I get out there. We're like panting and everything. And the guy that was in front of me, his name was also Mike. And all my, (laughs) all the people I'm there with, like, hey, everybody, where's, where's Mike? And he comes out of the haunted house, like, and he's like laughing. He's like, dude, Mike, you just like shoved me through the wall. I'm like, what? No. (laughs) And then we hear that one of the guys, like, that's out there to make sure everybody gets out, his little walkie-talkie goes off and says. Uh, yeah, we need a, a wall repair In the uh, chainsaw hallway <laughs> <laughs> So I had like Barreled him through the sheetrock
2: Oh man, that, that's great <laughs> I One of the best haunted house Experiences, you know, because we're getting to the end Of the episode here, so I figure yeah. like A little tangent um, One of the best haunted house experiences I had was um, my, my wife knows a couple guys in, uh, That she went to high school with That um, like do professional haunted houses For a living Mm-hmm. Like and they get paid to do this shit, which is like fuck. I wish I could do that. <laughs> um, so w- they they invited us to one of their haunts one year, and it was it was a thing. They had like carnival rides. They had like the house and everything. Um, and it was it was using a pre existing old ranch house um, in the wine mm-hmm. valley that we live near. Right. So you know it was cool, but we decided to do the extreme version where they split her, my wife and I up, and the ghost or the haunters are allowed to touch you. Oh
1: yeah, I've seen those.
2: And that was so fucking cool. Like I came out of it covered in tapioca pudding <laughs> because that it was used for an effect. So I have yeah. a picture somewhere of me with just like like this green pudding just like all over my face.
0: <laughs> well that's um, great.
2: Yeah. But yeah, they could like actually touch you at one point they like sit me down in the corner of the room and there's like this kind of like creepy, sexy Silent Hill nurse who's kind of like dancing around and like <laughs> making me sit there. Um, you know, that way they could take Holly down a little further into the thing and everything like that. Um It was mm-hmm. sick, man. I love haunted houses. Oh, yeah. Alright. But, um yeah, so yeah, they do a really kick-ass haunted house and I think they're still doing that every year. Um, uh, proceeds from this have been applied to restoring the location. I think it's a noble cause. Good for them. Sure. Um, I'd also like to note that Waverly Hills Sanatorium has four stars on TripAdvisor. That's pretty good, I think. Yeah. Yeah, with 482 reviews and is number 24 of 106 things uh, to do in Louisville.
0: The other 23 being bourbon distilleries. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, I would say more than that. The other (laughs) 100 of them.
0: Oh, I know, but the top 23 above it are distilleries. Oh, yes, Mm
2: yes. Now... Numerous groups have investigated the location over the years, such as the American Paranormal Research Association. This location has been seen on, and this is not an exhaustive list, Sure. Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters, um, Ghost Brothers.
0: They're going to be at Dragon Con.
2: Yeah, I I, I do like the Ghost Brothers. Um, It's been on BuzzFeed Unsolved twice. And then later, uh, their show Ghost Files from the same guys, uh, Shane and Ryan, who do... Um, y- you guys ever watch
0: I've Buzz tried K- to, and I'm familiar with those guys. Yeah.
2: yeah, so yeah, they've been there like three times. Um, many of the most paranormal places documentary shows, you know, like Travel Channel mm-hmm. do that, like most haunted places in America. Right. Um, it was even name-dropped in an episode of CW's Supernatural.
0: I remember that episode.
2: And then, of course, you can find it on, like, so many YouTube channels. Just people constantly going there and recording their experiences. But, um, yeah, I think that kind of covers it. What do you guys think about Waverly Hills Sanatorium? Well, that's a thing.
0: I feel like the problem with this one is the hearsay aspect of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, the lack of consistent ghosts besides Timmy. Timmy! Uh, it, it's... Timmy! 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 It's all sort of a mishmash of, well, I done heard and people Mm -hmm. trying to pump up their SEO and branding. Mm -hmm. And when you strip away the shows, it sounds like a legit creepy building that might actually be haunted, but it also sounds like folks trying to make an attraction. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at me sitting here reviewing a haunted house like it's a ride at the fair. How fucking jaded have I become? Mike?
1: Yeah. Thoughts? (laughs) Um, I mean... Other than me not believing in ghosts, I mean, it's it's more the on the plausible scale, I'd guess, okay, you know,
3: yeah, yeah. stuff
1: like this, like in the the uh, the prison I had gone to, it's if any place is gonna be haunted, it seems like the more likely um, you know, human sure. suffering does have a a intangible kind of a vibe you know, and yes, I mean, it's it's if anything's gonna cause, you know, hauntings, human suffering seems like the best, worst yeah, I was about <laughs> to correct you. way to get to it. Sure. So,
2: yeah. And, yeah, and I, Kevin, I'm right there with you about, it. like, again, very, very much like the hearsay thing. Like, there are a couple, like, right. cool little things, but, like, again, with the corpse shoot really fascinating very Shit. macabre it's uh part of that Thana tourist kind of impulse mm-hmm. but like is it haunted probably not because the people who went down it were already fucking dead um
0: yeah i agree and i i tend to think it's if it's haunted by something it's haunted by like woodchucks or something
2: <laughs> like the ghosts of many woodchucks
0: um, <laughs> oh no live ones
2: yeah, you know, and there, there's, of course, like, again, I could have, like, gone into the weeds about, like, all the different claims, but, again, so many of them are just, like, oh, yes, there are ghost children on the third floor, there's mm-hmm. Mary and Susan, it's, like, a lot of them kind of run together or get mixed up for each other. Um, like, really, it's, it's Room 502, the corpse chute, and Timmy that I think are, like, the most... Notable things. Now, I've never been to the location I would love to go. I was going to say, um, I was l-
1: just looking at mm-hmm. like my timeline and everything, and I came within like 20 miles of it on the last bourbon trip I went on, because oh, you passed by just south of Louisville, because we went to Lexington, Kentucky, which is east of Louisville, Louisville. I should not say the Lewis, yeah, don't so, do that, but so I, it looks to be about twenty thirty miles south is what we passed by, yeah, so in the in the in the ballpark
2: yeah and I, it seems like it would be a cool thing to do like i would I would love to go on like I'd do the historical tour. I would do the ghost tour.'ll oh, we'll, um, we'll put
1: it on the uh, scooby-Doo van list,
2: yeah, and it right. again, it, it, the main issue here is that like so much of it is just like. Whatever kind of haunting you could imagine at any haunted location, people have claimed that they've seen that sort of thing or they've experienced yeah. it. Also, so.
1: also makes me think. I mean, obviously, I am, uh, which what's, what's the word? Allergic to uh, doing research and doing my own thing. But I wonder mm-hmm. if I should do the uh, the Alghaeni prison. I, I don't know
2: I would love to collaborate with you on that because I what I would think is me handling like a little bit of the historiography and you giving your own account would be a lot of fun
1: because there was was a lot of interesting like the I can't remember like a tenth of what the tour guide said but there was a lot of really interesting stuff he talked about there right
2: yeah yeah and And like we can
1: do a whole series on like just haunted locations for sure one of the interesting facts about it uh, Charles Manson's mother was uh, imprisoned there. Yes, she was, mm. and mm-hmm. Charles Manson lived with her in the prison for a short time.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, I've done my fair share of Manson reading because, again, yeah. I'm a I'm a psychopath. So um,
1: yeah, of course you are.
2: I, I'm a I'm a grungy little creepy goblin boy.
1: And it, you are, and it also <laughs> has been visited by a lot of the ghost shows, and apparently some of the ghost yeah. shows really kind of like screwed them over.
2: Yeah, uh, specifically really? yeah. Ghost Adventures.
1: Yeah, they like painted a section of the, uh, like a section of it and didn't ask for permission or anything or l- apologize and l- pay for it. L- me, of let, me,
2: let me just make a correction here. Like I, 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 Ghost Adventures has been accused of that sort of ah, thing. And yes. there's, there's a lot of times where people will talk about like other ghost shows. I, yeah. Again, if you get into the weeds on this thing, you'll hear the ghost people kind of talk shit about each other. And it's like, you know, a certain group of guys comes in, does their investigation, and then things ramp up. Because, again, like, the ghost adventures approach for a long time was very much, like, provoking. Yes. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Come at me, ghost, you fucker.
2: (laughs) And, I mean, Zach will literally come in and, like, at one point, I think I recall an instance where he, like, took off his shirt. <laughs> to like, what the, you know, just like, kinda, come at me, come at me, I think. What kind of Alex
0: Jones be, shit are we talking about here?
2: It could what, just what? be me, like, making that assumption because that's kind of the energy he brings, but I recall what? at one point him taking off his shirt to, like, step up to a ghost.
1: What ghost? I thought this was America. What? What? It's just fucking <laughs> oh, Stan Marsh as a goddamn ghost yeah. hunter. <laughs> I ain't heard no
2: bell. <laughs> so um yeah that that's our first major haunted locations episode um I want to do more of those so, we will um,
3: yeah we if, will. if you
2: if you enjoyed it please let us know and if you have a haunted location that you want us to talk about or yeah. if you've been if you've been to this location I would love to like hear your experiences and put them on the weekend weird
0: Absolutely. We would love to talk to you about your haunted experiences.
1: but ghosts. but
0: ghosts. <laughs> Thank you, David. That was yes. a lot of fun. We learned a lot about tuberculosis and hauntings.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm.
0: So uh, I guess next week we're going to next week. We're not doing a damn thing. I don't think we're going to yeah. be out of town for me and Mike will be out of town for Dragon Con. We may try to record some stuff there. We'll see. We're not going to go out of our way to do it, but I will have the equipment.
2: But I think we'll we'll be doing uh, Distraction Hole on Sunday, right?
0: Yes, we're still doing that, and we'll get that uploaded and everything. Uh, So, yeah, and there'll be a slight week-long pause in the YouTube video updates while we're gone, but we will be back and right back at it after that. But we'll, the next episode will be another Weekend Weird, and then I am going to tackle uh, conspiracies involving underground bases. Yes. Mm. And then I'll tackle some ghosts. Kevin, ghost tackler. Ghost tacklers.
2: It reminds was, me of um, Ash versus the Evil Dead with them calling themselves the Ghost Beaters. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> God, that um, show. But, you know. You're you saying the thing about, you know, taking the equipment and just imagine you running up to random supernatural panelists with your Zoom in one hand and a mic in the other hand, just going, you know, just shoving it in their face and asking them unhinged questions. Tell me why Bigfoot's a ghost. <laughs> tell, why tell, is he a ghost monkey? Convince me Go- Bigfoot's not a ghost monkey.
0: Yes, that's that's <laughs> the that's the key right there. Ah. Uh. Yep. All right. we're going to get thrown out so hard alright so that's it for this week we will be back next time uh, until then you can find everything you need to about the show at supernetpod.rocks you can find the show on social media at on uh, Mastodon we are at supernetpod at weirdo.network you can find links to our individual socials on there uh, David is there anything you'd like to plug
2: yeah, check out my fucking comics. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get them updating again, and they're, they're coming together, and yep. I just did a really fun page. Um, yeah, And I, so, and yeah. I did some Cos- inks Cosmic on a page. Cosmicdash.com, yeah. So. Yeah,
0: Cosmicdash.com, Mike... Uh, not Mike, uh, mm-hmm. David. Uh, HPcomic.com is still a thing, right?
2: HPcomics.com, yes. You can find me on Mastodon at uh, hpcomics at club because again, spooky goblin person that I am.
0: <laughs> Indeed. And uh, Mike, if you got anything you want to plug,
1: anything you want to uh, draw people's
0: attention to that you think they should watch, no, we'll not see this or week. Think.
1: I need, really need to like pre-plan this stuff, but no. Yeah, we give nothing. you a week to do that. I know, and I'm lazy, <laughs> and you have not learned this in the twenty something thirty years we've known oh, each other. Oh,
0: it's been long enough. I've known you longer than I haven't. Yes. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back next time. Again, you can find everything you need to at supernatpod.rocks. That is supernatpod.rocks. Like in our head. Yep. Please consider joining the Patreon if you would like to see us continue to do this show and
1: make it better. I was going to say, make it better. Yes. We'll continue to do this even if we're not getting paid, but making it better is the clutch part there. Yes. The clutch part. Yes. I don't
0: know how to drive stick. So... until next time, everyone stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye.
1: Ooh, I'm a ghost. But ghosts come. Here. Old off. Balloon off. lungs.
0: <laughs> Old balloon lungs. Oh my god. Old collapsed lung. Oh Christ.